Today we will unlock the book in defense of food, an eater's manifesto. Many people may be surprised by the title of this book. Food is something we grab and eat without a second thought, so why do we need to defend it? If you have doubts, then perhaps you have some misconceptions about food. Almost everything we know about diet nowadays comes from media reports and claims made by dietitians. Food is broken down into individual nutrients, such as fat, calcium, and protein. If you ask anyone on the street, they can quickly provide their opinions about food. For example, which foods are nutritious, which we should eat more often correspondingly, and which foods have no nutritional value and should thus be avoided. We are so accustomed to seeing all foods from a nutritional perspective, that we wind up with many misconceptions about food. The book's author, Michael Pollan, details the origin of food and the problems of modern foods through years of research on the human diet. In this book, Pollan points out that our current eating habits are generally influenced by nutritionism. What he means is that we are accustomed to obtaining nutrients from synthetic foods and ignore the importance of nutrients from natural food. This, coupled with the long-term consumption of chemicals, which are added in processed foods, has dramatically increased the risk of cardiovascular disease, cancer, obesity and chronic diseases. With regard to eating healthily, the healthy foods championed by many nutritionists and food manufacturers today are likely to be disproved by other claims tomorrow. As a result, most people either feel confused or have limited knowledge of diet. The seemingly simple question of what to eat has become increasingly complex. It was in this context that Pollen decided to come to the defense of food, so that we can truly understand our diet by eating the right foods to enhance our physical and mental well-being. Next, we'll explain the book in three parts. Part 1, The Rise of Nutritionism. Part 2, The Industrialization of Food. Part 3, How to Eat Right. Part 1, The Rise of Nutritionism. When we walk into a supermarket, most of what we see are neatly packaged food products. From the outer packaging of these foods, we can see the nutritional constituent of these foods, such as fat, protein, and so on. Many people believe that they can eat more healthily by carefully reading the nutrition facts label on these food items. But is that the case? If not, then what is the cause of our misunderstanding about food? To truly understand, we have to explore the rise of nutritionism. What is nutritionism? The term nutritionism was coined by an Australian scientist, George Screenies. He believed that we should understand and engage with food and our bodies in terms of their nutritional and chemical constituents and requirements, the assumption being that this is all we need to understand. In other words, nutritionism advocates that nutrients are the key to understanding food. Nutritionism is not a science but an ideology. It is like a particular belief or hypothesis that is commonly shared yet untested. In the past, we could make sense of what we were ingesting by looking at the food itself, but now we need to look at the complicated nutrition facts on packaged foods to learn what nutrients we are about to absorb into our bodies. Still, what exactly these nutrients stand for and how good they are for our health depends on a debate which is still raging amongst experts. Nutritionism also proposes that diet is all about maintaining and promoting good health, sorting nutrients into healthy and unhealthy or good and bad categories. Each time a nutrient is defined as a healthy component, it often makes quick gains in popularity, then like an unwanted gift, it's abandoned and dietary scientists move on to the next exciting prospect. For instance, some scientists argued that protein is the most crucial nutrient in our consumption, thus leading to a plethora of processed protein foods 
such as high-protein powdered milk. But simultaneously, another school of scientists pointed out the destructive properties of proteins and introduced new nutrients as replacements, such as carbohydrates. With this in mind, it's likely that other theories would later disprove this claim and replace carbohydrates with different nutrients. Nutritionists often revisit past claims in an either-or argument to oust evil nutrients and promote savior nutrients. It's safe to say that the entire history of modernist nutrition shows a quest to seek out major nutrients. Moreover, nutritionism focuses only on those nutrients it can judge, yet cannot discern the qualitative differences between foods. If we look at milk from the perspective of nutritionism, milk is simply a substance that provides protein, fat, and calcium. On these grounds, many processed dairy products can also be described as such, but dairy products and milk may be completely different. Moreover, we can also easily find less nutritious ingredients in natural milk, such as saturated fats. According to this logic, there seems to be nothing wrong with natural milk being replaced by processed dairy products. But in actuality, natural milk is obviously better than processed dairy products. Similarly, even when fed with the most nutritionally complete infant formula, babies did not grow as well as those who were breastfed. The presence of nutritionism provides the ultimate justification for food processing. It is from the evolution of nutritionism that many synthetic foods have emerged. For those food manufacturers who grasp the technology of adding nutrients, synthetic foods can be healthier than their natural counterparts. For example, margarine is an inexpensive alternative to butter. Inspired by nutritionism, manufacturers feature their products as healthier choices. They remove cholesterol and saturated fats contained in traditional butter and replace them with monounsaturated fats. If you find your margarine lacking nutrients, such as vitamin D, it's no big deal, the manufacturers can add it right away. The most attractive thing about synthetic food products is that they can be endlessly reconstructed. Manufacturers can add whichever nutrients that are seen as desirable, and remove whichever nutrients that fail to meet public expectations. The repeated construction of nutrition has made imitation foods or synthetic foods more popular than natural foods. Yet few people know that the processing methods of synthetic foods can lead to the emergence of unhealthy ingredients such as trans fats, which are more dangerous than the saturated fats we were trying to substitute. But the food manufacturing industry continues to thrive, and consumers grow accustomed to enjoying these potentially hazardous synthetic foods, with the false belief that they are helping them adopt a healthier lifestyle. Governments also help the spread of nutritionism and the development of synthetic foods. They repositioned the actions of reconstructing nutrient compositions by food practitioners as food science. Manufacturers were allowed to add various nutrients identified as healthy in scientific reports to foods while eliminating those that we would rather avoid. For example, with the emphasis on controlling sugar intake, yogurt makers remove sugar from the ingredient list and replace it with xylitol. In addition, polydextrose and whey protein powder and other healthy ingredients are added to yogurts. Since good nutrients can be added to synthetic foods at will, what about natural foods? In the case of food animals, they clearly cannot automatically alter their body structure to fit nutritionist fashion. So, a new way of breeding emerged. Want to avoid fat? No problem. Animal scientists found a way to raise lean pigs and breed leaner beef. The snowflake marbling of traditional farm animals was turned into a chicken-like new white meat. But at the same time, the freshness and taste of the meat itself was lost, with some people even claiming that it tasted like cardboard. However, animal-based foods can still be changed. 
What about natural whole foods that cannot be changed? Producers can increase the amount of omega-3 fats in egg yolks by mixing flaxseed in hens' diets, but they cannot redesign the genes of bananas and avocados to change their nutritional stripes. Even genetic engineers are unable to do so for the time being. Therefore, the supermarket sales of such food changes with the nutritionist fashion. When pomegranates are found to have antioxidants that could prevent cancer and erectile dysfunction, people begin to chase down the fruit. Ordinary foods such as potatoes and carrots are left out in the cold because they do not allow for restructuring, unlike other refined carbohydrates such as bread and pasta. Ironically, foods such as sweetened oatmeal are more likely to bear FDA-approved health claims than unprocessed potatoes and carrots. This leads to an absurd situation, the healthiest foods are lying quietly on the shelf, untouched by the masses, whilst cocoa puffs are given rockstar status for containing whole grain amongst the added chemicals. This concludes our first part. Let's summarize. First, we mentioned that nutritionism is an ideology revolving around a particular idea widely circulated among the public. It focuses only on the nutrients of the food, not the food itself. Then we mentioned the trend influenced by food science, where many processed foods replace natural foods. Food science has also made our diet and nutritionism more and more inseparable. We want to pursue better health, but ironically we are eating more unhealthily. We'll talk more about this in the next part.